Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Today, we're talking about lessons from COVID-19, this coronavirus. Everything changed so quickly. It was overnight. And when we think about the speed of change, it has been accelerating and accelerating over the last several years, whether it's technology or artificial intelligence or robotics or apps or new ways to connect with each other and video technology and telehealth. All these things have been exploding. But never before have we seen that pace of change happen so fast where we're relying on new technologies, new ways to operate, new ways to connect with people. And at the same time that things are happening so fast, it seems that things are also happening so slow because the world has seemingly slowed down too. So COVID-19 happened in an instant. It cleared calendars, it emptied venues, it shuttered entire segments of local, national economies. It's like a very bad movie that just will not end. And we've seen some of these movies before, but they seemed far-fetched. They seemed too much to believe. And yet here we are in the middle of a health pandemic. And we're learning a lot of powerful lessons in that. Some of the lessons I've been learning is recognizing how important the very smallest things are to us, whether it's a haircut or hanging out with friends at a restaurant, church services, basketball games, concerts, all of these things that are normal, we now vow to never take them for granted again. And so we're talking about lessons that we're learning in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic. And I'm here with a panel, Drew Bordis, who is an operations expert on COVID-19. No, no, no. no. I'm getting closer every day, though. Yeah, Thank you. It's, uh, it's something that none of us want to be operational experts on. And Tammy Spade, who, you know, we were saying you were purpose. People. People. Place. And place as an executive, but PPP and all of that also has other It has a different meaning now, now doesn't So it? I don't yes. think we can use no. that at the moment. So no. we'll just say guru giving us insight into lessons, life lessons during the coronavirus pandemic. It's an awful tragedy in so many parts of the world, in certain places, people losing income, people struggling to pay bills, people who are fighting for life. So in the midst of all of that, you also have this vast majority of people who are trying to go about and live their lives with their families, with their friends in a very different world. And so to talk about some of these lessons that we're learning, we're going to jump right into these questions. What are you learning in these times? What are you learning from this awful pandemic? I miss options. That's what I miss. I, I like, I can hold down a chair or a couch with the best of them for the entire weekend. That does not bother me. I miss having the option to go out to eat and then choose not to. That's killing me. So options being much more limited. Do oh, you yeah. find other options though presenting themselves? Like you can stare at the, a leaf or you can walk. Talk to my family. Yeah. yeah, there are, uh, yeah, yeah. It's running thin right now. Yeah, well, be careful. The divorce rates have skyrocketed in China after they have opened up Wuhan, uh, because typically after being locked down with uh, your your mate, you may or may not find a deeper relationship, or you may find you did not have one in the first place. So yeah, we are seeing skyrocketing divorce rates in Wuhan 
China lesson number one, I should say. Tammy, what have you been learning? Well, I think on the plane of relationships, you do learn, you do start to notice those things that maybe you were doing that was irritating a family member before, or they are doing that was irritating you. And now all of a sudden you can't go, yeah, okay, whatever, I'm going to the office. You have to kind of work through it. But I think it points to priorities becoming a lot clearer, you know, distractions and things that you might have spent too much time um, thinking about before or putting more importance on kind of fall away and priorities become very clear. Like what pants I'm going to wear. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm glad that you are, though, because it's just for you. In in, uh, Maryland, I saw a report this morning that the police have sent a note to the town saying, reminder, and this is your final warning, you must wear pants when getting the mail. That is a true story. Oh, I love it. Oh, my goodness. So yes. people are just walking out to their mailboxes. Yes. So yeah, uh, In their jammies. Welcome to Maryland. We we hope it's in their jammies. <laughs> I, I think that's a favorable I was, I was assuming positive visual. intent. <laughs> Back to another another <laughs> podcast. Right. So, yeah, different different thoughts that I've had about lessons. Uh, we're all in this together. You know, mm-hmm. you can feel this. We, we really are in all uh, this together. And we can do more than we think, and we can do it with less than we thought possible. At the same time I'm learning other things, you learn that a crisis shows you which of your friends is completely and utterly nuts. <laughs> have you seen this? Have you seen this on social media? Yes. yes. I have never had to mute more people, silence them, or unfriend people who just are going off the deep end. And no matter what it is. Now, if you're one of the people who believe that this is all about 5G, God bless you for that, uh, new new wireless technology, I'm not going to judge you. But to repeatedly send these notes out and just be panicked over this, at first I try to say, you know, take a deep breath, it's okay. And I was sending a lot of Snopes articles out where they do the fact check and correct people that, um, you know, it, it, it actually wasn't planned this way or, or what have you, but it only works so far because people, you know, People's mental health is a real thing, and I think it's very fragile in this time. So I don't say it in a cold-hearted way. I I do have concern for people, but after expressing it so many times, you just realize, I need to move on. We also learn we don't wash our hands as much or as long as we need to. And they, you know, say, do the happy birthday song, which was at one point in the news because it wasn't copyrighted and you're supposed to pay a fee, and then it wasn't, and then it was. So I don't know where that stands. <laughs> so legally, if you're humming it, I don't know if you have to put a dollar in the in the kitty. But regardless, we don't wash our hands as long as we should. 95% of people do not. I'm thinking in the office, we may want to have that test where you can put something on and show people that you didn't yeah. because people are... Uh, very surprised. The special light. The special light. Yeah. It's the same thing with people wearing the protective equipment, healthcare mm-hmm. workers who are at risk. Uh, one expert recently said that they have them put it all on and then they spray them with it, take off the equipment, and they can see, uh-oh, and then they really pay attention to how that is. So we don't wash our hands as long as we should. We need to slow down. I think in general, we just go too fast. So now we're being forced. You're saying no options, right? Yeah. Yes. But we need to slow down a little because sometimes you realize, wait a minute, my life has gone by and I haven't really reflected. So I think this is providing a great opportunity to just reflect. We did something fun um, last Friday night, um, about 10 or 12 of my college friends. We just got together on a big Zoom 
conference call happy hour at eight o'clock at night on a Friday because none of us had plans. And some of these people I haven't talked to in 20 years. And we just laughed for an hour and a half, just telling stupid old stories about each other. And we never would have done that if it wasn't for this. Right. It was um, a forced slowdown. And, and so that was great. Yeah. It's great to have those moments. I, I did a virtual wine tasting. So we all brought up a bottle of wine. It was actually with people in Italy. And they were doing their wines and explaining, and here's what I'm tasting, and here's how to do it. And I did learn this. No matter what happens in your description of the wine, if you're saying it in Italian, it just, it just sounds, sounds better. So, yeah. It just is better. It just it is better. So and Skip's I'm doing, sure their wine is better, Skip's too. doing wine tastings in Italy, and I'm doing Beavis and Butthead jokes with my college friends. So that's, that's just a little, little <laughs> juxtaposition there. And that's kind of... What you would expect. Yeah, I think it's representative. Yeah. I, I do think it's representative. I do think that stressors do start to come out a little bit. But on on the same thought about getting together with people, you are forced to go slower. You, you don't have any choice. And it's very easy in the regular part of life to just go from thing to thing to thing. I know we got together with some family friends that, for whatever reason, we've just always played games with this family. And we played Taboo over Zoom which, you know, got, got to be really funny because we were all kind of on top of each other trying to stay in, in the camera lens. But, um, yeah. It is fun to see those things and try to replicate them with technology. And I found it's easier if you have that relationship. I mean, it's not easier. It's nearly impossible if you don't have that relationship to start right. playing a game, obviously. Yes. Right. But if you've done it, it just kind of brings back those memories. Here's another lesson I learned. I always knew that airplanes were filthy. I'm, I'm one that always brings Tammy's face. That can't your face can't be seen on the podcast. No, but I, it's it's a horrified face. I'll just say that. But I always wipe down the trays and and this and that just because I I do. But our airplanes really have started this deep cleaning process, and we're all wondering what did they do before? <laughs> and they're sending these notes, right? The stores, the the car dealers, like we're now cleaning everything. It's like well. Before was there any cleaning? We right. had a we had a waiter do that right before the restaurants shut down. I mean, it was like even the night before, the day before. Um, we were at a restaurant. I won't say which one. And the waiter kept telling us how proud he was of everyone on the staff washing their hands so often. And I just thought, I get what you're doing, man, but what were you doing before? This is not something you want to tell us. No, that you weren't. Yeah, because – well, I, I love this one too. Now that you're at home a lot more – and people are working from home if they're fortunate enough to be able to work from home. And I recognize that many people listening may not have that experience. But it also is interesting to think about all the things that you're going to get around to in your house. One day I'm going to, and this will happen when, and one day I'm going to take a staycation and get it done. And now you're home for an extended period of time and you've done – what have you done? I've cleaned out closets. Closets, yeah, but you would do cupboards. that. You would do that on a Monday. Came in today to, yeah, clean that, out my office. I'm talking about things you wouldn't do, Tammy. You do that on a you By the way, anybody listening, if you need your closet cleaned out, Tammy will just drop by and clean it for fun. <laughs> it's her relaxation. Yeah. And judge you. And judge, and judge you about your closet no while judgment. she's doing. Oh, no it's there. Judgment. It's there. <laughs> no, I just told I just told my wife 2 days ago that I will get around to that task at the next pandemic. There was some, I can't oh, remember what it was, but I was Good like, I'm not, not this one. I'll do it on the next one. Yeah, hope, hopefully not <laughs> another one. And, you know, also, I've realized that all of my very favorite activities are now prohibited. <laughs> I mean, you can't do anything. So going to the gym or restaurants or, or just anything is, 
is prohibited. Another lesson people are learning is saving for a rainy day is not just a theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is something that is is very meaningful in, in many, many ways. Well, what about as leaders? What are we learning about each other and our teams uh, through this process? We have people who are working at home. And again, I put the caveat that I know a lot of people cannot work, and I'm aware of that, and, and that is not an easy situation. But many people are working from home. What are you learning about each other and your team in that process? One of the things I noticed at the very beginning was just the high level of gratitude that people were displaying. We're in another cycle now, which I'll talk about, but very, very gracious, thankful about communications, about opportunity to work from home, about technology that enabled it. And this this wasn't just on our team. It was in, you know, conversation with a lot of people. Now, after a few weeks of it and people's options being limited, um, things that they would normally do being prohibited, not knowing. I've had a lot of people say, it would be okay if I just knew when we would be able to go back to normal, although I don't think normal is ever going to happen. I think people's stress is starting to come out. It's always surprising in a crisis. You think you know who's going to be calm in a crisis, and that person falls apart. And you think you know who's going to be you know, really fearful, and that person is just almost invincible. So it's been interesting to watch how people's stressors have come out, but also how gracious they are toward each other, how many divisions that might occur within teams just aren't there now. You know, people are just jumping in with the we're all in it together mantra. That is something we actually talked about yesterday amongst our team was a lot of the um, nonsense. And I mean, I don't mean fun nonsense because I still like. No, no, no. no. That's that's all still there. (laughs) But the, the unproductive nonsense, maybe some gripes between individual team members or things like that, that has completely gone away. Um, which is great. I think something I um I didn't realize about myself, and I was actually just telling Skip this uh, before the podcast, the amount of work I get done in quick, casual conversations has completely dried up, and it's killing me. And I, I never realized how much of my day, just getting updates or answering questions or, hey, I, I needed to tell you this, and it might be in the hallway between meetings, and it's really hard to do. Uh, virtually, I'm finding. You're you're a traveler. You you tend to want to drop in, have a quick conversation. Yes. And yeah, it's hard to do remotely. You have yes. to be more planful about it. Yeah. And the plan sometimes is you have to plan and it takes much longer, right? Mm-hmm. much yeah. longer scheduling and waiting. And you're like, well, that's not important enough to schedule. Right. I don't need 15 of your minutes. I need 30 seconds. Right. Like, and a yeah. lot of it's just, you didn't even plan that. Right. You just saw the person. So that is definitely true. And how do you think that your management style is changing, if at all? Or are you, are you aware of that? Are you aware how or if it's changing and shifting in this period? I actually feel like I'm, we're spending more time together, either one-on-one or in small groups. And I think it's just because there's so much new work that isn't routine that we need to talk about. It, it's almost increased the level of interaction but the spurts are shorter. So we're not booking a room for an hour and kind of using up an hour. You're on a team's call for you know 20 minutes. You get done what you need to do. You kind of talk to each other about how you're doing. You know, somebody's dog walks by or you know, child climbs on their lap or whatever, and you talk about that and then you move on. So it's more focused, but the frequency for me anyway um, has increased. And I, I'm trying to be much more purposeful about 
connecting with people, both in small groups and one-on-one. Yeah, I think purposeful is is a good uh, that's a word that was in my mind too. Of just because I ha- I had actually canceled all my one on ones, my standing one on ones with my teams previously before this because I saw them all throughout the week. Well, I put them all back on the calendar because I really wanted just even if we just talked about family teaching kids at home, which is a whole different topic for me, things like that. It, we needed the time. What are the tips uh, from being a teacher principal or what are you are you the principal vice principal oh, uh, assistant no i'm the i'm janitor the math, where are you math teacher history teacher science teacher i really really appreciate teachers right now um you know an elementary school is the one that's killing us our middle schooler is pretty self-sufficient elementary school kids cannot just hop on a computer and knock out their work like they're too young for that so it's a lot of um hand-holding for us. Yeah, it's uh, got to be a challenge in, in many, many ways. So other lessons from the, the pandemic, what, what ways do you think that leadership will change after this? Any new skills that we're going to emphasize that will be different? Well, maybe just one of the obvious ones is comfort with various ways of interacting with people. We have a big group of people in one location, and then we have a few people in other locations. And every time you were on a video call, you might have gone to a bigger room where that equipment was there. You may or may not have picked up your laptop to do it. I just think the comfort level with um, communicating with people virtually will will probably forever change how we communicate, um, our abilities to do it in that way, and maybe even how accepting we are of mixed teams, teams you know that are some part physical, some part remote, it reminds me, we had Tim Sanders here not too long ago, and he was advocating the video over the phone call and make sure you do a Skype or a Zoom or a team yes. over something else. And now that's come true. So we were just a little bit ahead because of Tim Sanders' push that way as well. Right. When, and, you know, if you weren't paperless before, I feel bad for you because you've got to be now. There's just no – you can't walk into a meeting and give a 20-page printed handout to everybody. And if that's your work style, you're you're struggling right now. That's true. It seemed to have diminished. It has diminished. For yeah, a long time, it has. But, but there are still people who they want that handout, and you can't do it. Yeah, and depending on what that handout is, you may benefit from having it mm-hmm. uh, in in person. Depends on learning style mm-hmm. too, I think. So yeah, it is it is very very different. What do you think will happen in terms of the future? of toilet paper. <laughs> Do you think people will permanently stock up on toilet paper? I say that the lesson that I've learned from this is toilet paper is the currency of the end times. I love that quote. That's a <laughs> yeah. great quote. I think sociologists will study this. I think whole classes in sociology will be taught about this, you know, what what was happening in human behavior and thinking. I, I really... It I baffles me. I, it. I don't n- get it. Not only have I never seen it in a store since this all started, not once, and I just check even without needing it just to see, you know, what is the, the point? And it's always gone. And it is funny to get a text early this morning from one of our executive members to say, look, I found it here. <laughs> it's hilarious. It is a very strange uh, lesson from the pandemic, that there are certain things that are more needed or hoarded than 
other things. And it's globally, too. globally, yeah, not just not just Ohio, not no, just the United States. No. And we're I mean, all in it together yeah. until we're not. And then it's get it for yourself yeah. and your family. <clears throat> until there's one package left on the shelf. Yes. And I'm standing yeah. there and somebody else is standing there. I, I do think it might be an example, too, of just group behavior that, yeah. that is not logical. It starts somebody else thinks, oh, you better get your toilet paper. And someone else thinks, well, yeah. And so all of a sudden that becomes more important than water. It just is very, very interesting. Yeah, one of the fellow members of the Speaker's Roundtable that I serve on is a storied Vietnam vet, uh, Charlie Plum. And he did a, a pretty funny little video on YouTube of how it's really not something that's life and death. Right. He was a POW for a long time. And so it, it is interesting. But yeah, it puts it into perspective immediately. Did you see the picture of the uh, the plastic bag with um, three big leaves in it and it said organic toilet paper, $10? <laughs> so, I mean, there's a, there's a business here. <laughs> $10. I like it. Might as well do that. Of course, leaves are, are they coming out now? It's It's strange weather here in Ohio where it's warm, there's flowers, and the next thing and you then know, sleet. we have snow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. And it, it's been a very strange year. The lessons we learn, and 2020 is not at all the year that any of us expected as oh, we no. rolled into it, and just how very quickly everything changes. And and it is, it is interesting to watch both human behavior, workplace activities, how people are interacting, how people deal with stress, the very serious situations of health. I know many people who are really either afraid of getting COVID-19 or families who have it and are facing it. Complete variety of the scale and scope of serious, you know, maybe going to ICU or in ICU in, in a couple of cases, all the way to I just got tested and had no idea I had it. And so it is this huge range and this very weird thing. And I think even with, with normal sicknesses, flus or whatever, we see somebody sick, you know they're sick, you can run away, right? Not knowing is a very strange mm-hmm. uh, thing that the person may have something and you don't know. I think it will affect human behavior for a very, very long time afterwards. Do you think, last question I have for the panel before we end, do you think that in Western societies that have relied on the handshake, that the handshake will return or will it go away after this is over. What's your view? This is just my opinion. I don't think it will fully go away like immediately tomorrow. Um, I think it will decrease. Uh, you know, I think it'll be I think it'll be less weird, right? I think I think previously if somebody wasn't sick, right? I mean, because you could always say, hey, I've got a cold or flu or whatever, and that's fine. But if somebody just said, I don't shake hands, that would have been strange. I don't think that will be strange anymore. But I don't think it'll go away. I think it's going to take a while for it to really come back. And I think you're right, Drew. People will decide they don't want to do it or they'll just, you know, bow or wave from afar and it won't seem unusual. I'll I'll be surprised if it comes back. The scouting salute. Yeah. That was the other one. People are doing that in the park. So Mm -hmm. that's a a fine thing, too. It is curious. One of the things about the world is that each culture has a different memory a cultural memory. And some cultures remember things for hundreds of years, and others, more like America, remember things for minutes. And so it is curious, as we put a a pin in this podcast and we're talking about lessons that we learn, if you fast forward, how many of those lessons will still be there? So all of us in this room were alive and well remember 9-11, 
and the aftermath and the things that happened in that crisis and things that we said would never this and never that and people will always be together and this, that, and the other. And then fast forward and all of that unity is completely forgotten. All of those lessons are by the wayside. So it'll be interesting to see what lessons stay mm-hmm. and what lessons are just gone. Because we as a culture, at least here in the United States, have a very, very brief collective memory. And so it'll be something to watch as we put a pin in this. So thank you very much, panel. Lessons from the pandemic. We're all learning them. So I encourage you to write down some of the lessons you've learned, some of the more obscure lessons, some of the funny lessons, and share it with us because we'd love to hear what you are learning in the midst of all of this. And learning lessons from all this is one way that you can aim higher. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre. Always aim higher.